7: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
8: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy Who knows a guy? Who knows another guy?
9: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy I've known for a few years now uh, from dealing with him at FS1. He's always funny, quick-witted. Obviously, I did not know this. He led the NFL in receptions back in 2007. TJ Hoosh Manzada. What's up, Hoosh?
5: Man, Jason, what's going on, brother?
9: You know, I'm just uh, trying to enjoy life here, a little midweek siesta. And uh, I figured I got a lot of NFL questions to ask. You. It's been a wacky year, man. It's, it's just crazy NFL happenings. Obviously, we'll just start with the big news that's happening today. Carson Wentz officially has been benched. Um, Jalen Hurts taking over. Hoosh, I got to ask you, you played with a, a star in Carson Palmer. Um, you know, big time guy, won a Heisman, uh, nearly won an MVP in the NFL. Have you ever had a situation where the franchise guy got benched for the rookie backup?
5: Oh, never. I mean, we, we know this, this is a rarity. This is an anomaly. We don't, you don't see this in the league. Yeah. And the reason you don't see it is because one, the superstar is making way too much money and they don't want <laughs> that money on the sidelines. And so they kind of just ride it out. Yeah. Um, But I think what was going on here is the Eagles feel like if they can just be competent offensively, they still have a chance to win a division. And so, and one they want, and I, and I said this three weeks ago. I said this three weeks ago, and everybody's now saying it. Um, so I realize people like what I say; they just don't give me credit for saying it. <laughs> is if if I'm the Eagles, I I try to trade them to the Colts. I said it, the Colts three weeks ago. He had his best success with Frank Reich, or at least everybody were they were giving Frank Reich that credit. Mm-hmm. Trade them to the Colts. Philip Rivers, is the aging quarterback, he's probably done after this year. You get some assets, that's if Jalen Hurts can show you he can be something. And if he doesn't, well, guess what? You're still going to probably pick in the top six or seven of the draft, and you should be able to get another franchise quarterback and see if you can put a team together with a quarterback that's making very little on a rookie contract and put the guys around him whether that's Jalen Hurts or someone else. But yeah, we don't see this often yeah. because normally that franchise quarterback
9: doesn't play as poorly as um, Carson Wentz has played either. I'm just trying to take the audience into that locker room, okay? Guy's making like 30, does he making, $30 million, some obscene amount of money. He signed I mean, a four-year, $128 million extension. Jeez. Uh, I want to remind everybody, Carson Wentz has never won a playoff game. Uh, everybody knows the Eagles won a Super Bowl with Foles. But like, as a receiver, what can you even say to a guy to your quarterback when he's going through a low point like that? Like, what can you possibly say to pick him up at all?
5: To be honest with you, it depends on how you feel about him. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't feel much about him, you don't say anything. But if he's your partner and your boy, and you don't agree with him not starting, you straight, you be straight up with him, and you just come up to him and be like, bro, this is some straight BS, bro. I got your back. I'm with you." Um. hopefully you get another shot. I played a part in this, my bad. Um. But if you don't care for him, you don't
9: say a word. So it really depends on how you feel about the QB, to be honest with you. All right, so everybody knows TJ Huchmanzada, Bengals receiver. Uh, he was probably on your fantasy team back in the day. He's got the long ponytail. Very cool. But who? I was just reading up on your background. I want to go to your high school career. Uh. Everybody, nobody knows really what had happened there from – how does TJ Hushmanzada go from high school guy who dropped out of high school, becomes a star at the junior college level, then pops at Oregon? Like, take us through the path of TJ Hushmanzada in high school. Uh, were you a star receiver, and uh, and what? What ended up happening? Well, in high school, I was a running back. Oh, I played. Wow. I played running back in high school.
5: Um, I was not a star, even though I thought I was a star. I thought I was the best guy on the team, but I'm not sure the coaches thought I was. Um, I had a pretty good year. We went undefeated my last year. I only played one year of football in my life, and that was my last year in high school. Um, but we went undefeated. We were one of the better teams in the state of California, but you know, I played high school football in Barstow and did not go to school. I missed my entire sophomore year part of my junior year and obviously half of my senior year because when grades came out I was ineligible I was on a basketball team so if I couldn't play sports uh, why am I going to school that was my mentality Oh man and so I just dropped out I was I was just in the streets too much hustling and um too tired to get up for school I went to school every day Jason it was just fifth period after lunch <laughs> so wow yeah fifth period <laughs> So no lie, this is a true story. My senior year, I had an H- a, a in history because that was fifth period.
9: Okay.
5: And then I got an A in football because that was sixth period. And that was it. Everything else was an F because I wasn't going to school. Wow. So what, how did your parents take that? Were they, well, I mean, well I've, never met, I've never met my dad. It was my mom. And like I, to be honest with you, Jason, from the time I was uh, 13 years old, I kind of was doing whatever I wanted to do. So mm. I came in when I wanted to come in. I left when I wanted to leave. I was basically a 13-year-old uh, thinking I was a grown man. I was just, uh, I was in the streets hustling.
9: Wow. You know, Antonio Brown had a similar situation. I'm sure you, you've read about him. Uh, his dad was like an arena league football player, and he was traveling a lot, and Antonio Brown had the run of the place, and he was never able to, you know, totally turn it around and, and get right. Obviously, he was great on the field, but, I mean, how did, at what point did you say, oh, man, uh, you know, I I got I got to strap up if I want to become a, a a football player here. I don't know, man. It
5: was it. Well, I do know, but to get to that point, like my best friend, he's still my best friend to this day. Um, he grew up with his mother and his father. Um, I was always at their house a lot. Mm. He was highly recruited. Um, did not pass the SAT, so he had to go to junior college. You know how they do you back then. It, yeah. It's a form of systemic racism back then, but we didn't realize that, you know, the inner city kids, they were not well equipped for the testing to get into college, and you don't realize it, but that's another story. So he went JUCO. He came down to and I and I just followed him. We were together every day, and I'm like, damn, he's leaving. I'm pretty much at his house all the time oh. because I grew up in the slums. We were on Section 8, people getting shot and killed in our house. We get kicked out move to another house, dice game, somebody else gets shot and killed, we get kicked out. Um, So that's how I grew up. And, again, he had mom and dad in the house, both worked. So I started staying at his house my last year in high school a lot. He went JUCO, and I followed him because he was my partner. That was my dog. And he was a starting receiver. He broke his foot a couple weeks before the first game. The backup receiver got arrested. I was 13. Wow. And then, no lie, this is a true story. First play of the season, I bombed somebody for like 70-yard touchdown. First play. First play of the game. First play of the season. And I think the coaches were like, oh. And the crazy thing is the coaches didn't even want me to come. They tried to send me back home because um, I started growing my hair out. I didn't have nobody to cut my hair. So, at the time, I had the hair like you. And I started growing a ponytail. I started growing a ponytail, and this is a springtime, so my eyes were always watery, and the coaches thought I was always high. Oh. And I'm like, Jason, to this day, I've never smoked anything a day in my life. I've never smoked weed. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never smoked a cigar, hookah, whatever you want. I've never smoked anything oh. a day in my life. But they thought I was high every day, so they wanted to send me home. And I'm like, I don't even smoke. The whole team smokes but me, but y'all think I smoke. And luckily, it worked out. But after my first year, my junior college coach was like, I think you're going to get a scholarship to any school you want to go to. You might want to take this serious. Go get your GED. So after my first year at JUCO, I went and got my GED. And, uh, yeah, that's when uh-huh. I started to take serious.
9: Wait, so how, let me just, on oh, this smoking thing, um, how did you, growing up in a rough area, avoid that when it was all around you all the time?
5: Because my mom was a crackhead and they drunk all the time and seeing people get shot and killed in your house and it was from drugs and drinking and i'm like i would never do this i mean like i said i sold weed i've never tried it all the majority of guys i played with on a collegiate level college level growing up my buddies they all smoke Oh man. everybody knows tj don't smoke they know it and so i, I think it was just seeing the effect it had on family members and friends, mothers, and fathers that I would just, I would never do a drug. I've never done a drug in my life, ever. And you couldn't pay me to do a drug. And it's because of what I, the effect that I saw that it had on my family. Because when my mother was clean, we lived a good life. Um, well, relatively a good life. You know, our lights weren't cut off, our water wasn't turned off, that type. That's a good life for me. Oh, man. And then when she would fall back, then we we got kerosene, lamps in the house, we got candles in the house, and um, one box of macaroni for me and my both of my brothers, we got to share that. And, and so I saw what it did, and I was like, I would never, ever, ever do a drug, and, that, and that's, it's just stuck with me.
9: Yeah. I remember you telling me, I think at FS1 one day, how you would, uh, you were buying houses for relatives. This is in recent years. And it was, it just sounded like you were so proud and like happy that everybody was on the right path now. And, you know, obviously your success has greatly helped the
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
10: Do you love Selena?
6: Like, really
4: love?
10: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
5: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say houses, plural. (laughs) Uh, um, But I I have bought homes for the people in my family. And still, I mean, they don't, I I can't force somebody to be what I want them to be. I can try to help them. And if you show me that you're willing to meet me, and you don't even have to meet me halfway, just show me that you're willing to want a better life for yourself and your children, then I will help you get that. But if you show me that you're not, And it is what it is. I'm not going to mortgage my future and my kids' future trying to help my family when y'all don't want help. Y'all want me to give you everything. And and so, yeah, I bought them homes and and they still live in them. Run them down. They don't, they don't, my family, we come from nothing. And so they don't know, they don't appreciate nice things because we've never had nice things. And so I'm sure people see my family and be like, how is he letting them live like this? And he lives like that. But if they only knew they want to live like this, right. Or they want me to continue to give them everything. And I'm not going to give you everything because I have a family and kids of my own that I want to give them a good start in life. Like I wish somebody had given me.
6: I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years, first in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on LA To examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now.
9: Yeah, and your daughter now at LSU. Uh, you, you've done well for yourself, man. Uh, my dad has a saying: you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Uh, man,
5: and, and hell, I can never lie. Your daddy
9: is right on with yeah, that one. Yeah, he he listened, so he'll be happy that I brought that up. All right. Uh, so anyway, so let's fast forward. You get to Oregon State Corvallis, man. I've never been up there. What what the hell's Corvallis like? Had you ever been in that area before? Uh, you know they started recruiting you.
5: No, never. It was, uh, I had never been to Corvallis, Oregon. Um, I'll be honest with you. The first time I got to Corvallis, it was brutal, man. I count <laughs> rain for 33 days in a row, <laughs> 33 days in a row. And I was like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing here? Um, it was bad. Cause it just, I wasn't used to the rain. I'm a California kid right? And it was raining so much. And when I was there, we didn't have an indoor facility. So we were conditioning outside and rain and it was bad. Um, but it built us up, man. You know, again, I wasn't used to anything like that, but it, uh, it was a fun time. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, once I got to college though, again, like I wasn't a guy that smoked. I wasn't a guy that drank. And so for me, it was all football all the time. Yeah. And that was good for me because I knew I was going to eat every day. Good. I was going to eat well. Um, <laughs> I was gonna have the resources that if I if I used them and I applied them, that I had a chance, and
9: that's what I did. So you get to Oregon State, Dennis Erickson uh, was the coach, and uh you know, I haven't read the backstory of how the hell he assembled his team, but it was basically the greatest team in the history of the or the program. You guys won eleven and one, you murdered Notre Dame in a bowl game. Um, and of course, you know, you had monster seasons there you and Chad Johnson you so you guys uh, go back to Oregon State like did you know that team was that loaded back then I did not but what I did know is so
5: when I took my recruiting trip I was a junior college All-American I was the the number one ranked player in the country in JUCO but there were a lot of guys that I played against in junior college that were very they're ranked very high they were all All All-Americans we all kind of made a pack. we were all on the same recruiting trip like, man, let's come to Oregon State. Cause you know, we all California boys and let's beat up on SC. That was a saying. <laughs> um, because the majority of us probably wanted to go to SC and some could have, and we decided not to. And so we came in with, I want to say it was like 15 JUCO kids, and 10 of us were all Americans. And, and so, and the ones that didn't come to Oregon State, they went to Arizona State, they played in the league. It was that was a good year. JUCO kids and Coach Erickson, he just got the right mix. Of
9: guys that uh, filled in spots that were needed, and we took off. So, high school running back, Juco touched out on the first play of the season, and then blowing up at Oregon State. And then, it, I guess at that point, it started to hit you like, oh, I can make some real money in the NFL. I can do this.
5: Yeah. I, I You know what happened though? When I was at junior college, we used to go one on ones with the DBs from uh, UCLA and USC. And I'm watching these guys on TV but in workouts, they can't cover me. <laughs> and so that gave me, that gave me confidence. Um, but yes, once that senior year at Oregon State, when we started to do well, I believe everyone on the team and not just myself, um, we all thought we had a legitimate chance of playing in the league. And luckily I was one of the ones that got a chance and got that opportunity, um, got with the right team to give me that opportunity and was able to carve something and make something out of myself.
9: Is it weird that you ended up with Chad Johnson in Cincinnati? Or, I mean, by the way, are you guys still boys? I assume you're That's, tight? Yeah, my dog, yeah. Um, And, and you guys were pretty damn good at, with the Bengals. Um, you know, Carson Palmer, the quarterback. Uh, You guys had some good runs in the NFL, right? Yeah, we underachieved. When I look back on it, man, we truly, we
5: underachieved. We had a fantastic offensive line, a fantastic quarterback, great running game. We could throw the ball. Defense was probably middle of the pack. If we did have a weakness of our teams, it was defensively. Um, But we just underachieved. And once I retired and I started watching guys like you more on TV, and then I started to understand how organizations work and what makes them tick and not tick, I see why we underachieved. Um, but at the time, I'm looking like, dude, we got all this talent. Why are we not winning? Um, but you don't really understand. You just think we got the players. This is, we're going to win. Yeah. But so much more that goes into that that starts at the top. And being out of it now, I see it. And I'm saying, like, man, if we could have done this, this, and this different, we would have won. But you don't realize that yeah. um, when you're playing. Because we, treme- we left so much meat on the bone. We underachieved to the point where it was like, wow, we we had a very talented team. Um, I truly believe we should have won a Super Bowl, and we didn't even win a playoff game. Oh,
9: geez, that's gotta pain you. Um, I noticed that uh, you know there's a couple of young receivers blowing up in this league, and and when you look at the fast emergence of them, the kid Jefferson with Minnesota. I mean, just part of you think, man, uh, I caught a lot of passes back in the day, but shit, if I have come into the league now. The way, the way these guys are getting targets. Like, I know the league changes a little bit. Um, I don't know. Your thoughts on, like, receivers in 2020 um, as the league is kind of shifting toward very, very pass-happy.
5: You know what's funny, though? You know a lot of the old players, oh, man, in my time, you wouldn't have done none of this. No. That's, that's what we're all supposed to do instead of just give credit where credit is due, man. Yeah. Um, guys are coming into the league way more skilled mm. than they've ever been they're they're the co- wide receiver is the most undercoached position in football and i'm not talking the nfl i'm talking in football college you don't learn much they don't have time to really teach you the little nuances of the position um but what is going on is with the explosion of social media guys are able to get with coaches Um, outside of college and start training at an earlier age and the skill level has increased um, so that when they get to the league, your receiver coach in the league, there's a handful of guys that are going to really teach you. Maybe a handful, maybe. I'm being generous. They'll teach you the game of football, but they're not going to teach you how to be a better receiver. You got to learn that on your own. And guys are learning that on their own prior to them getting to the NFL, which increases their skill level. And that's what we're seeing. Guys are just way more skilled. Yeah, the rules are different. You can't touch guys. You can't hit guys. But even still, they're still coming in a lot more skilled than they came in, even when I played.
9: So there are like specific coaches now at what, the high school level, middle school? I know you coach some young young athletes. I mean, what's the advice to work on for these young kids who want to be a receiver in the league? Number
5: one, First and foremost, and it's easy to say it, hard to do at all times, is you got to have self-belief, man. And I give a ton of analogies, Jason. I tell them, when we younger, Jason, and we go to the club, the prettiest girl in the club, she walk around, she knows she's the prettiest girl in the club. Okay. Does she not? Yeah. That's how you got to approach your craft, that, like, you're the prettiest girl in the club. Like, I know everybody in here wants me. You have to approach how you feel about your game in that manner. True, true self-belief and self-confidence. Because you can have all the physical. If you don't have that self-belief, it doesn't matter. Um, But I've been training guys like I train train Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman, IU, T. Higgins. Those are the guys I trained last year. And all of them are doing well. We work. you got to create separation and you work on your press releases. We work on that until we can't get it wrong. And that is the key to being a good receiver, creating separation, beating press coverage. Now you have to understand spacing. You got to understand distance. You got to understand what they're trying to do, what you want to do. So a lot goes into it. And because of the quarantine or the pandemic that hit in March, we were able to spend so much more time than we've ever had. And so I was with these guys five days a week. The quarantine hit. We didn't stop training. We're going five days a week, normally been off in OTAs. So I was able to spend a ton of time with them to get them ready, what to expect, talk through certain coverages, certain routes, how we run it against man, two man, cover two, cover three, quarters, cover six. So we we're able to go through so many different situations that uh, they figured it out. Cause you can, you can physically be good, but you got to understand when to do it, why to do it, how to do it, versus each coverage. It's a completely different dynamic.
9: Let me ask you about Claypool, because I got to be honest. Like, I have him in fantasy. I'm a huge fan of the guy. And I feel like Pittsburgh underutilizes him. Like, I don't know what the deal. I mean, maybe it's because they have an embarrassment of riches at receiver. But at some point, you got to realize, like, if you throw it up, Claypool's going to get it. And this jerking around at the goal line, uh, TJ, I don't know if you agree, but I think Claypool's underutilized in that offense. They 100% underutilize him. He's the best receiver on that
5: team. Let's just call it what yeah. it is. They do underutilize him and this is a crazy thing about Claypool.
2: At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable.
0: When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
10: Do you love Selena?
6: Like, really love?
10: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
5: We were training. I got text messages from that I sent to guys that work in the NFL front office. I sent these text messages, and I have proof of it. I said, Chase Claypool is a monster. He will be unstoppable in the league. Take my word for it. One guy sent me back a message and said, I'm not sure of that, TJ. Oh, can you say what team? You
9: don't have to say the name. What team? I
5: can't tell you that because they drafted a receiver.
9: Oh, wait. At least tell me the division.
5: I'm not going to snoop around, uh, I swear. No. Nah, they I'll just tell I not know. I won't tell you the division cuz you'll figure it out. They're in the AFC oh and they're God. in the AFC and they played in cold weather. That's
9: it. i am leaving. Okay, I'll just say this. The Jets had an option to draft Claypool and I'm yelling about this for weeks cuz I watch a lot of Notre Dame. My buddy played soccer there. I watch a lot of but Notre Dame. But this
2: is the thing
5: though. Him and Sam Darnold trained together. They worked out together during the pandemic because of what was
9: going on. Jordan Palmer trained them. So he they were out there with him. The and Jets I, were up at, I think, 48. And they said, we're going to trade back, get another pick. And I think Claypool went at 49. And the Jets drafted but, Mims. And I'm just sitting there is, yelling like, oh,
5: Jason, shit, I, I said, this kid is going to be unstoppable. And literally, I have people. So every time Chase Claypool balls out, right, I send them a message. All I say is Chase Claypool, they send me back the finger. <laughs> because I try, I tried it. I told them the same thing about Michael Pittman. I said Michael Pittman is gonna play 12 years in the league. You can mark it down. He'll play 12 years in NFL. Same thing with T. Higgins. Brandon Ayuk is probably the most talented from an overall He's a freak. Lateral, vertical, Mm -hmm. but they were all really good. But Claypool was the guy that because of his size and his speed, I was like, dude you can't cover this guy. Yeah. And I got text messages to prove it, that yeah. I sent it out before yeah. the draft, so it makes me feel good.
9: Humor me as a as a weekend warrior guy who likes to work out. You know I talk a lot of shit about playing basketball and stuff. Um, what, what's a workout like? Is, it, is one of your workouts with them like three hours long? Is it all footwork?
5: No. Um, so depending on when they work out with me, they've already, they've done a the speed, So they're getting ready for the combine okay. and the pro days. So some days they've already done a speed workout or a weight room and a speed workout. So that day for us is light (laughs) because I don't want to kill their legs and have them sore and tired for the next day. So when they have an easy day in the weight room and on the uh, track running, that's when I go hard. And when they have a hard day is when I go easy. But again, we just do drills getting out the top of our routes Um, then certain days will work releases. I'll teach them three, four different ways to do things. And I tell them all the time, one of these ways are gonna work for you. You'll figure it out and I'll figure it out as well. But if I say this way works for you and it does not, and you feel it doesn't, we're gonna find another way. Don't take my word for it because I'm not the one out there playing. And so I give them four or five different ways to do things. They figure out which way works, we perfect it.
7: What grows in the forest?
9: Everybody knows TJ Hushmanzada now has a radio show. He's transitioning. Are you guys following this career arc? I mean, what a life. NFL star receiver, won at college, now he's training pros, and he's a radio guy. I want to ask, how has the transition been for you to media here in the last few years, doing FS1 stuff and now a radio show at Fox Sports Radio with LeVar Arrington, another good dude, and Plaxico Burris, who I don't know as well
5: truly i enjoy it um honestly i wish i could do it more to be honest with you um i i like the talk jason i think you sense that i'm aware of that um i love sports though that's the thing about me is i don't watch anything but sports unless my wife forces me to watch a tv show with her (laughs) (laughs) um and so that's all i do man is i watch sports and it's every sport except for hockey i and I'll watch the hockey when it gets to the playoffs. Yeah. I watch every single sport. I'm a huge basketball fan. I love football. I love boxing. I love baseball. Like I love every sport. And so you come to my house, that's all I'm watching. Whatever's on TV, that's sports wise. I'm going to watch it. And so I read a ton on sports, every sport that I just named, I read on it every day. Yeah. And so um, I thought being in the media when I retired would be easy and I would just transition, but boy, was I wrong! It was not easy, and it was not an easy transition. Um, hopefully, I can do this as long as mm-hmm. I, as long as they let me. Um, but I truly enjoy it; I really do. You it's know, fun.
9: you listen—you've been out there with athletes. You know, there's some guys who don't put in any time, don't put in any work, and they just roll up and they think they can do it. And they think because they were an awesome athlete that automatically they're great on TV. I mean, TJ, you and I both know that ain't true for a lot of these guys. It's just no, not-
5: and you you it's a fine line of being a guy on TV that played giving your opinion and or stats it, as athletes we're on TV because they want our opinion mm-hmm. because of our experiences yeah. of playing but sometimes you do have to give them some factual mm-hmm. statements to back up what you're saying yeah. it can't just be your opinion so that's where some guys fall wrong at they just always opinionated or they're always factual with stats yeah. it has to be a little bit of both um for me there's only one word that i like to use um and if you use if you're if you stay committed to this word i think you would have success is authenticity yeah and if you can be authentic
9: um you'll be fine yeah and and imagine the you know the former athletes have to have some stats imagine me a guy non former athlete who's got to get up there and you know go toe to toe if you have if you will with some of these guys who have played. And I'll never forget TJ. Uh, I don't know if you ever met Chris Carter uh, at FS1, but like, he, yeah. he, he's tough. You know, he he will immediately challenge you to see if you got it. Do you, how bad do you want it? And he pushed back hard on me. And I, I'm not a guy that's ever gonna back down from anybody. And I pushed back and I came off. And, you know, one guy who we both know we're not gonna talk about was like, You can't do that, Jay. And everyone else was like, That was some good ass TV, Jay. That was good. Like, that's authentic. You're not pushing back. You're backed up and armed with stats. And Chris Carter's got his stuff. And Chris Carter's good. We know he's been in every network. Um, But there's a fine line between arguing, right, and having a healthy debate. Would you you agree with that?
5: Yes. But one thing about me, man, is um, send me that clip, too, with you and Chris Mm -hmm. Carter. I don't think I would do that because I'm not one to – try to make you prove to me you know
7: what you're doing thank
5: you (laughs) that's not my position it's the people that hired you that you've proven to them you deserve to be where Mm -hmm. you're at so why am i going to now in turn make you prove it to me and so i pro i know for a fact i wouldn't have done that Mm -hmm. um but chris carter he's his own man um but when you guys get in this position you guys know what the fuck
9: you're doing. <laughs> you kind of have and to, yeah. But no, listen, you know I applaud you're... Chris Carter for doing that because it challenged me. If I had shrunk and been some big wuss, like this guy's not built for it. He's not ready. Like, but let's be honest. Yeah. When you got home, I'm sure you thought, like, the fuck
5: was that about? Well, there was some and of that, like but you, you, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, I, I wouldn't have done it. Um, but that's me. I, I'm, I think I'm a nice person, well, you but more than are. anything, I'm an understanding person. And I think that's better than being nice. You got to be understanding in how other people may may or may not feel. Um, but again, there's a lot of athletes because they were quote unquote really good. <laughs> they think they can act and treat people in these type of way, and that's not cool yeah. at all.
9: Here's like how you, uh, that's know, not cool. Yeah, I know TJ has a lot on his schedule. I'll get you out of here on this. So this is how you know TJ Hushbinsad is a nice guy. We're at the FS1 with the green room, avocado room, whatever it is. And and one day he tells me, I was like, what are you doing on your phone? And he's like, I'm playing dominoes. <laughs>
7: I said, oh, I'm
9: good at dominoes. I start talking shit because my family plays a lot of dominoes. And he goes, I'll kill you. I will take your money in dominoes. I said, all right, let's go. <laughs> and we start playing. And, you know, this was right before the pandemic, unfortunately, TJ. And we start playing, and he wins some. And then I went on a streak, and I started jaw jacking. And then he starts winning a bunch. And I think I was down like 40 bucks. So I don't remember exactly what it was. Maybe 60 bucks. And then like the pandemic hit. And and I stopped playing. And, like, we kind of dropped the game. Have you been still playing Domino's, TJ, on, on the app?
5: Jason, this is a true story, man. I retired <laughs> from the app because, oh. because I could really get no competition, man. Like, oh, see this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> No lie. Look, random people started challenging me, right? I met this friend. He's from Texas. Um, he seen my he, – he challenged me, and he was beating me initially. And I told him, I said, oh, you done got happy. Now I'm going to play serious. <laughs> I literally beat him, like, 40 games in a row. Oh. And I retired. Like, everybody that I played on dominoes, this goes for every single pro- – I got a winning record against him. I have a losing record against nobody. I might be the best domino player in the
9: world. Oh, geez. I love I'm that, like, uh, and, and like I love the ego. It's just like you know. Listen, he's good now. What was the what would what did we play? Fives and some. What was it? Fives and tens. Twenties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I haven't played in a while. I I had uh, some friends there. I, li-
5: I think I stopped playing in like August of this year. Yeah, yeah. I stopped yeah. because just got. I was betting all my buddies, and I was winning all their money, and I felt bad. Yeah, TJ,
9: so I Great guy. Uh, you obviously listen to his radio show, Lavar Arrington. Hoosh, and Plaxico Burris, Saturdays, was it 10, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern? 10 to 12 Pacific time, or 1 to 3
5: Eastern. Yeah. Uh, up on game. Y'all go download that thing. We coming on right after, hey, it gets no better. Yeah. You get straight fired, then you get put up on game. You can't beat it. Yeah, back-to-back,
9: back, like Jordan, 96-97. All right, TJ Hoosh, who's Back-to-back
5: bangers, you already know. like Back-to-back, back, like. The Warriors and, like, the Lakers going to be this year. <laughs> by the way, who's <laughs> winning the Super Bowl? If I had to take a pick right now, I got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. They're the most complete yeah. team offensively and defensively. Yeah. Uh, I got I to gotta roll with the Chiefs.
9: Impossible not to. All right, Hushmanzada, enjoy it. Thanks for the time, and uh, congrats on all your success.
5: Jason, I appreciate any time, baby. I got you. That went by real fast.